What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast, the award-winning, top-charting No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. This is a great podcast. I actually, uh, when I recorded this, I was like, this is gold. And when I mean that is like, when I collect information and I'm like, this is going to help a lot of people, that's one of these podcasts. We go over so much stuff. This is a dog that has been really struggling with reactivity issues, but we really, really, and you can hear it in the dog owner's voice, we break down everything that the dog owner is doing wrong and really rejuvenate and reinvent the wheel with this dog owner and dog. It's just a great progress, just in just in audio. It's like, you know, when you watch a good YouTube video of like before and after, this is like one of those audio podcasts, uh, obviously audio podcasts, but it's one of those audio type things where you really just hear the progression and the empowerment that happens during this podcast. So it's great. I hope you guys like it. If you haven't yet, do me a favor, review this on whatever podcast podcast platform you're, you're listening to this on. And also before I forget you guys, before we get into this podcast, I have a event coming up in New York city uh, April 23rd to the 25th. There is some audit spots left, but not many. And there is two working or three working spots left. Working spots are where you come with your dog. Audit spots are where you come and take notes and watch and, and all that fun stuff. You guys can go and sign up or for more information in the description below, there'll be the link. It's one of the only uh, seminars I'm doing this year. It's going to be in New York City. April 23rd to the 25th. I hope to see you there. I hope to meet you. hope to hang out, talk about dogs. It's going to be fun. It's called A Weekend with Tom Davis. Anyway, that link is going to be in the description below. I hope to see you there. Let's get on to the podcast. We were just on a walk because we're, I was trying to see how they both are um, and see if you could see. Like Maya, my friend's dog, is completely fine, maybe once in a while barks, but it's mine that does more be reacting, even when she has a pack make that doesn't respond whatsoever she still uh goes crazy but her dog's no sorry it's okay okay so all right so just explain to me the training that you've done so far and i know that you're having reactivity issues to bikes uh and 
and what what are what are you react what is she reactive to the most motorcycles and bikes yeah motorcycles and bikes she reacts to the very most um and i would say dogs three things would be motorcycles dogs and bicycles okay and what's her name turtle dove oh yeah that's right turtle dove cool all right, so explain to me the training that you've done so far so that way we don't backtrack. Um, there's a few training that I've done. Um, I've tried so I've tried tree training where we're walking and I try to give her a tree and she sometimes takes it but then she's so she's still growling and still very pumped up that she sometimes nips my fingers on accident. So that didn't work. So a spoon with peanut butter to see if I, that would distract her while walking eventually that also doesn't work so I've also tried turning the other way where I walk on the other side I've had one person have their dog on the other side and I've had mine on the other side we try to cross paths then walk the other way that starts to not work either um, I don't allow her to go at a higher level I see her body language and then I move the other way but once she catches that glance, she over hyper focuses and then it's gone. No matter her levels, it's I could try to get it be even before she sees it and she still goes crazy the moment she sees it. Um, I've also tried sitting um, and when she does throw herself, I could see that she's very panicked. So I walk the other way. But other than that, I've even had my friend try to hold her to show me if she can do it and she's been able to do it. So it's, I feel like it's just me because she's able to control her and I just can't, I can't control my dog. I don't know. I can't think of anything else that I've done, but I, I've had the gentle leader for so long. I feel like that doesn't do anything anymore. It just causes more issues. And I don't know what other tools to be able to use that would work for both of us. That won't hurt her either. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought for some reason you said that you, you did training. That's why I was wondering what you did. Oh, uh, yeah. I used a Tails of Wagon. I had someone from Tails of Wagon come help, and he was just telling me to continuously feed her. That's all he said to do, just continuously, continuously, continuously. One thing that came out of it that was good is that he said when you see her levels go high or watch your body language, then move her. Don't keep her in that space because then it just keeps antagonizing her in a sense. Um but other than that, it's mostly treats. He just said to focus on treats. And I was like, that doesn't help this dog. Um, <laughs> not anymore. It used to be something that worked and it just decreased. Yeah, like a day and then it just decreased. Right. You know, just, just understanding that dogs are dogs. And, of course, we know that. But just being mindful that they they will act like dogs when given the opportunity to fully act like a dog, which means... You have to, you're going to have to step up and teach her that, you know, things are not, if she's doing things that you don't like, you have to make sure that you tell her that that's, that's something that's not appropriate. Okay. So what have you done? What have you done to correct the behavior? Um, one one of the main corrections I try to use is leave it, as it states and shows it doesn't work. Um, I've also right. Uh, what have you done? What have you done to enforce the leave it? Because the leave it would be like telling her to do something. What have you actually done to? Because that's the question I always ask people: is you ha you're having all these issues. It's obviously 
you know, getting out of control for you? What have you actually done to tell her that that's not appropriate behavior? Like, what have you enforced? So the leave it would be like the, the verbal, but what have you actually done to enforce the verbal when she decides not to listen to you? Like I saw in the videos. Yes. Um, I, I don't like how I did it because I felt like it was just I was overtowering her. But I said leave it, and I not only popped a leash, which I don't think does anything because it's just on her face, not where it's supposed to be. But I try to pop the leash. If that is a work, I try to, uh, I try to get her in a sit, try to look at me, um, which she's just since she's not looking or she's since she's so focused, it doesn't work either. Um, I try to spray her with a water bottle, but I feel like. It doesn't work for her, but it may work for some other dog. But I've tried to squirt her with a water bottle. And um, yep. the towering over it. When I do the pop it and then try to make her sit and then try to get in her um, vision and try to be up front with her, yeah. I tried that as well. <clears throat> so you're just trying to use body body pressure is what you're doing. Yeah, and distractions, yep. correct. So, okay, well, that's that's good. I mean, so, you know, I always try to figure out what people have done so far so we can really audit what we need to do for it. And, and that's the good thing is, is you really haven't done much, which is good because yes. if, if we're talking about, hey, my dog is spiraling out of control to a point where I don't even know what to freaking do anymore and I can't bring her anywhere and I'm nervous about this, that, and the other thing, but we haven't, we haven't actually assertively corrected her for it, you're in great mm -hmm. shape because that means things are going to get a lot better really quick once you start actually correcting her. So it's kind of yeah. like when, when somebody comes in and they say, hey, I have all, you know, or online like this, I have all these problems with my dog. It's getting to a point where, you know, whatever. Some people are on their last rope. Some people are confused. Some people are crying. Some people, and at the end of the day, we've never done anything about it. So it's good for me because it's like, okay, well, what have you done? Uh, nothing. I squirted her with a little bit of water. Or, yeah. you know, I stood, I, I stood next to her, you know, and it's like, oh, perfect. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't done much yet. So what I would do yeah. is again, like moving forward with teaching her that those things aren't okay. I mean, and you know, we're talking for a reason. You've obviously seen my philosophies of dog training and some of the success stories that we've had with just being clear and, and, yes. and being assertive, you know, just like we would with human psychology or human behavior, or human learning processing of if, if something is going terribly wrong that we don't like, but we're really not doing anything to assert ourselves as a leader or as a dog owner or as a parent to teach that then individual or that dog that it's not okay, then things are never going to get better. And so the reaction, and there's two different ways to that. There's either modifying the behavior or there's suppressing the behavior, which in my opinion both of them are going to be successful. One of them is going to be easier and the other one's going to be a little bit harder, uh, which means if you have, for an example, the suppression would be uh, getting a border collie out um, surrounded by a bunch of livestock and them listening to you because they don't want to get in trouble and they respect you, but they still want to go. That would be like suppressing that behavior. And in my opinion, that's a lot of people have a problem with suppression and dog behavior, but in my opinion, it's, it's, it's a lot better and or it's sometimes the only option you have when you're dealing with primal instinctual stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then sure. the, the other end is, is just changing the perception of how she perceives these things, bicycles, dogs, um, things like that. So she, so she doesn't feel like she has to react and you're over it. So you're modifying that behavior. 
but those are those are some two options that you know those are our goals i guess is what i'm trying to say those are the two things that we're working towards so um what so what you have a head halty is that what you said yes i have a gentle leader it was actually mainly for pulling that was her only issue and then everything else happened but it was only for pulling and i can't go back to the harness because she's way too strong for me and she will take me down she's done it multiple multiple times by going between my legs and trying to slip out that way and almost falling for me but mm -hmm. i yes the gentle leader okay so what I would do is switch to either a slip collar or a plastic pinch collar or a a um, or a prong collar or something like that that gives you gives you more control gives you the ability to to communicate with her that what she's doing is wrong like be very assertive like when it's happening y you just have to handle it right then and there right when it happens okay. do, do you know what I mean and, and just using yeah using that losing that leash correction to tell her that that's not okay so you're you're discouraging the behavior from happening and then ultimately so let's let's paint a picture let's say we use the slip collar for an example which is just a little slip through leash slip through collar made out of cloth um so some dogs are and, and the reality is is okay why would you use a slip over a prong or a prong over uh, a martingale or a martingale over, over a plastic pinch, whatever. So these, these, these types of collars have action, which means when you apply pressure to them, they, they do something. They have action. Flat collars do not. Harnesses do not. Um, head halties typically don't. Uh, some of them may, but so there's no action. So when you're popping that collar and you're, you're actually applying pressure, there's nothing happening other than holding the dog back and or choking the dog and causing all sorts of problems uh, with their physical health, if you will. So my, I guess going back to what I was saying about the differences between using these types of collars is it really just depends on the sensitivity levels of the dog. So if they, and, and, and they're communication uh, tools. So they're just tools to communicate. So every, every single person is different, just like every dog is different. And so, you know, if you have a really sensitive kid that's you know made a mistake and didn't hold your hand while they were crossing the road you're going to come up and yell at them they're going to cry and they're going to crawl up into a little ball they're going to be upset they're going to be stressed but ultimately they they probably did learn their lesson and they won't probably do it again because you scared the crap out of them right but but yeah but the end goal is is similar to what you're dealing with is if the dog is going after motorcycles and bikes, it's similar. I mean, they are running out to potential danger, life-threatening stuff. Um, but my point is, is if you have a kid that is like that, we may just pull them aside and say, Timmy, you can't do that. Here's why. So, so the way that you handle the situation needs to be uh, conducted in a way of really just being mindful and empathetic towards the actual dog's temperament and their sensitivity levels of how they're going to take information and perceive information. There's also dogs where you could put a slip prong any collar on them and they laugh at you when you give them pressure. So you have to get then get creative to to get your point across in a different way by using counter conditioning and things like that. Okay. Um with the uh prong collar, I've definitely seen you use them countless times. I was actually considering my only worry is that when putting it on, I don't know if I will be able to correct her in time to her not thrashing, like throwing her body in a circle. And I don't want to accidentally choke her out or it 
not popping off her head. That doesn't seem logical. But that is my only worry, is her choking herself out or hurting her windpipe. Yeah, so the prong collar is actually going to be the safest tool that you're going to be using um, if it's fit properly. Yeah. So if you're if you're using that, it could never pop off her head. It could never choke her out unless you leave her undertended and you use it improperly. So uh, it's going to be a lot safer than all of the other things that you've done, and it's going to be clearer than anything that you've done. And that's the that's kind of the cycle that we see. I'm working with some shelters and some different veterinarians right now on kind of going over the the benefits of using tools and um, the lives it can save because there's people like dog owners like yourself who get into this thing and, and, and they just don't have enough information and education to use the tools and sometimes dogs get thrown in shelters and euthanized because of these little really, 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 really small quirks. And at the end of the day, it's we've done nothing to actually correct the behavior. So it's very unfair for the dog um, in these types of situations. But I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but the prong collar again is, is a very safe tool. Um, but you, you know, you, you just have to make sure you know how to fit it. You know how to size it properly. And at the very, at the very worst, I've seen the prong collar. If it's not fit properly, at the very worst, it just doesn't work. Um, okay. that's pretty much how that goes. So you just have to make sure that, and, and going back to what you were saying about, uh, her, uh, thrashing all over the place and things like that. A lot of dogs will thrash and freak out when they're being held back and the, when they're when they're being built up with frustration. And they're just okay. trying to slip out of things because they know that they can because you're harnessing them. You're basically bear-hugging them when they want to go do something. Where a, mm. like a correction from a prong collar is a little bit more precise. It's it's going to be safer because you're you're correcting them right at the right time when they're doing the thing that you don't like. And you're also uh, making sure that the, you're discouraging the behavior. So uh, I have a lot of videos on how to fit the prong collar properly as well as um, yeah, what size is to get and things like that. But um, that's what I think you're missing is, again, if we look at the big picture, mm-hmm. hey, professional, I have a dog that's freaking out. It's causing all these things in my life, but I haven't done anything enough to like get the dog's attention and snap him out of it. I think that that's where I would be leaning more towards. Mm -hmm. And, um, I use a lot of equipment because I, I specialize and only work with these types of situations. So when I'm working with puppies or I'm working with very balanced dogs who follow me around like a freaking, like a magnet, I don't need really anything. I don't even need a leash, (laughs) but I, I use a lot of tools and, and I, and I, and I, work with them quite a bit because of the clientele base that I deal with, that I'm working with behavior modification. I'm working with dogs that are spiraling out of control. And I am a big advocate, advocate for advocate for, um, you know, dog training tools in general. So, so anyway, um, that's what I would move towards if I were you, because you're just not, you're not, I mean, I, I, we get hundreds of messages every other day about, I was skeptical about the prong until I used it. And wow, what a game changer. Yeah. See, and I've seen all your videos and I, or not all of them, but I've seen a lot of them with the prong collar and I really love that tool. It's just that portion of where my fear was coming from for her about the throw, like going in circles and how the leash twist is. So I was like, well, if the leash is twisting, 
then is the prong collar going to also be twisting? And that was where that was coming from. But that makes me feel a lot better knowing that that's not going to be happening, especially if used correctly. And I do admit that my assertiveness has gone tremendously downhill for a while just because I feel so mm -hmm. defeated. I'm doing something wrong. Since I'm doing something wrong, I'm putting her in this position where she just keeps going downhill instead of uphill. Mm -hmm. And I feel really bad for her. I've had to one time not thinking that this was not the best thing to do for her but i thought putting her like trying to get her down like on the ground mm -hmm. was a horrible idea but putting her down on the ground and trying to tell her like just hold her down there just because she's just yeah i feel like she's just about to burst and bolt and just have a panic not really have a panic attack but it was yeah. just so hard yeah so there's motorcycles there's bikes it was just her overload that was the worst day that i've ever had yeah and she just I feel so bad for her 100% yeah and and she feels bad too and that's the thing that's like it's this it's this spiraling out of control I worked with this dog um I can't remember what state I was in but um this basically this dog owner literally went out and covered the dog's eyes and did exactly what you did she 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 pinned the dog on the ground covered the dog's eyes whenever she saw a dog because she did the same exact thing she went through the same route she went to positive only training that fed the dog, uh, counter conditioned the dog. It just doesn't work. When we counter condition dogs for counter conditioning is something. Uh, well, anyway, I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, it, it's frustrating, and 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 I I feel for you, and I understand because, it, and I and I'm happy for the opportunity to walk you through this because I think you're going to see huge progress. Because the problem is, is you're doing everything except correcting the dog for the behavior you don't like. You're literally doing everything other than actually correcting the behavior. So you're, it's like your kid being completely and utterly out of control to a point where you don't even know what to do with yourself anymore, but you've never sat the kid down and said, this is not okay, ever. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's, so, so anyway, so you, you have to assert yourself in a way to say, hey, it's called positive punishment. So you're adding something to the equation. So when we talk about positive reinforcement, right? Like, you know, earlier you said like you did all treat training and, and I do treat training every day. It's a majority of what I do. Uh, I do a lot of positive reinforcement. It's probably 95% of my daily projects with all the dogs that I have going on. But then there's the 5% that need punishment too to tell them that, that that's not okay. But when we're, yeah. re when we're rewarding dogs, we're encouraging behaviors, right? We want, we want those to behaviors to stick. We want those to behaviors to, to stay around. So when we say turtle dove sit, turtle dove sits. Yes, good sit. We're encouraging that. So we're using positive reinforcement to reinforce the behavior to say this is good. This is what I want you to do. This was sit. And I'm marking and I'm capturing. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, it's the same exact thing to discourage behaviors. We're just using positive punishment. So it's, it is a science-based dog training theory of using the four quadrants of dog training to teach a dog certain behaviors and to get rid of dogs bad behaviors. So it's all it's all it's all there. You're just not using the other side of how animals learn through through punishment. Um so when we're correcting, it's the same thing. When they bark, it's the same thing as positive reinforcement. Right when they do something we like, we encourage. Yes, good that. But on the other end, we're using positive punishment to discourage behavior right when it happens. So if you ask your dog to sit and they do it, and five minutes later you go, yes, good sit. They're not going to capture and line up what sit is. 
I see. It's the same exact thing with 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 pu- punishment. Is if they're barking their head off and you're just you know running around in circles and you're pinning her on the ground and you're running away and you're trying to throw food at her, you're not. See if you if you did that on the other end of the spectrum with trying to reward a dog, you'd be like, oh my god, that's nuts, that's crazy, that would never work. You know, it's yeah. like it's like your dog your dog sitting and downing and staying for the first time, and then you go to the store, you go to the mall, and you come back and you pay him for sitting downing and staying. They're like, what the hell is that for? I'll take it, but I don't know what it's for. Right? It's on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. You're just not you're not being clear with your dog. You guys are you guys are going complete. You guys are water and and oil right now, just completely yeah. separating. So you just have to take the initiative to use that punishment to discourage the behavior from happening right when it happens. And it's not this, and I, and I get what you're saying because it can be stressful when your dog goes through these episodes and reacts and you're nervous. And I totally understand that. However, don't make it a big deal. Teach her what leash pressure is first of all. So we're going to talk about counter conditioning. So when you counter condition, it's one of the most basic, base, basic, basic things that you can teach in, in behavior modification. So this would mean, this is what we teach seven to 10 year olds at the 4-H club. Very basic stuff, right? And it's something that we yeah. do all the time. But the reality is, is it, <laughs> it doesn't always work. But I'll tell you the fundamentals of how you could also work with this, which is something you're going to start using in your training regardless of when you apply it. But say your dog is out and they're reacting on the leash and you're gonna, you're gonna counter, and I've been talking about this for years, but you're gonna mm-hmm. counter the behavior with heal or recall or leave it. So instead of correcting them, you're going to say, here's what I want you to do differently. But the reality is, you know, because we don't live in the world of just saying, oh, just, you know, because I hear, I see that sometimes in my comments of people who don't, um, I guess, agree with the punishment at all. They'd rather just turn their back is when a dog is viciously reacting at another dog or another person and they're really in a bad state of mind. Just use counter conditioning, which means all of a sudden you just tell the dog heal and the dog goes, oh, heal. Okay. Boop. And then you walk away. Whoa. What, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) (laughs) So, so that would be counter conditioning and you can use counter conditioning in very small, um, ordeals where your dog starts to build a little bit and then you just drop back and backpedal and just say, turtle dove, come the dog comes, you put him into a sit, you work on a focus, the dog moves by. Great. But what do you, here, here's the question I always ask that really, you know, just blows things out of, out of the water. But what are you going to do when that doesn't happen? Then there's two options. You do what you were doing before where you literally just drag her away and just try to pump her full of treats. And that's not going to work because she's going to be overly stimulated by the bike or the dog. Or you pin her to the ground and, you know, let her not react. Or... You could just punish her for doing the behavior you don't like and teach her that it's not okay and then move on your, your life and things will be better, in my opinion. And it's, it's, it's actually not it, – it is my opinion, but it's also based off of evidence that I've used over a thousand times with all the dogs. So it is a really good way to, to just start building a better relationship with your dog. Okay. Yeah, because I trust you and your judgment and everything because – I, there's nobody else that was able to tell me what we need and this is perfect. So this is wonderful. Thank you. No, of course. So I think what I would do, and I'll talk about equipment and I'll talk about some other, uh, uh, some other things. Um, do you have any questions on any of that? Um, with the equipment? No, I definitely, um, 
whatever you're I have no questions at this time sorry <laughs> no that's fine so so again um I, I want to walk you through some of this stuff so um you know I always tell people like just going over theory and just going over I'm a first of all I'm a dog owner first way before I was a dog trainer I've, I love dogs you know I love all animals really you know um so I understand your your hesitation to to correct your dog, to not make a things worse, to hurt your dog, to make your dog upset, whatever. I understand all those things. Those are all natural things for human beings to feel. But if you look on it on the other end of the spectrum, you have to look at the return on investment when your dog does stop reacting. If you actually take in the, if you pull back and you say, if I make my dog uncomfortable as they are reacting going after bikes, potentially putting themselves in situations that may be deadly or very hurtful to them, and I give them some sort of punishment or some sort of discomfort for a second, even a second, to teach them that that's not okay, to sustainably live a life where that behavior is actually written off and it doesn't happen anymore. Talking to everybody logical, or logically, I should say, I don't think there's a question of, that, you know, that discomfort of, hey, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. That's okay. Because A, it's not like you're correcting your dog as they're sleeping. You're like, oh man, I don't want to have to do it. Okay, fine. I'm just going to correct them. Okay, it's over. Are they better? This is, this is happening while your dog is actually doing something that is unhealthy for every single person that's involved. It's unhealthy for them. It's unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy for the people around you and the dog that they're barking at or the biker that's just trying to live their life or the motorcycle that's just trying not to hit a dog today. So you have to realize, like, the process, it, it, the bigger picture. you got to look at the bigger picture. It's going to be stressful probably for you and your dog, but modifying something, doesn't matter if it's a human or a dog, modifying somebody's behavior is going to be stressful because it's different. You're changing their perception, and it doesn't matter if it's for the better or worse modification and, and behavior training is stressful. There's no question about it. But it's good stress. It's not a bad stress. It's not like you walk into a room and your dog's stressed. Okay. It's, it's your dog is getting stressed when they're losing their ever-loving mind and you're trying to discourage that. Just like when the food comes out, when you're using positive reinforcement training, your dog's dopamine and endorphins start flying off the shelves. Where they're like, this is going to be so fun. I can't wait to train. It's the other end of the spectrum to say, I want you to... I don't want you to do these behaviors. These are behaviors that are going to end up causing severe stress in our relationship. Like, wouldn't it be nice for you to just loose leash your dog out without worrying about things, without stressing about things, to be able to just live your life where, A, you have the control that if anything comes up, you have the equipment, the tools, and the exercise, and the know-how to handle a situation when it comes about. Because that's the, re the reality of dog training is I, I find a lot of dog training systems don't realistically train for reality. Yeah. And I think that that's where you're running into is you get into a room, you get into a yard, you get into a driveway, you get into an unpopulated town or, or a main street, and you're working with lots of motivation. The dog's super stuck on you. But then when a different currency comes out, all of your, you're working, you're basing your training off of currency. You're basing your training off of, hey, look what I got for you. And the dog is encouraged and motivated and happy to work for you. 
But there is going to come a time and a place where your currency and what you're using to motivate and to use leverage in your dog's training is going to be less valuable or less of a currency than it is to the squirrel, the dog, the deer. And then what you have is, because if you're basing your training off of motivation and currency, there's always going to be something that's going to be more valuable and more motivating out there in the real world. And that's when you need, and, and what you're doing right now, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you do need to switch gears and say, okay, fine, you don't want my treats, I understand because there's another dog. But when I say heal or leave it and you don't, your, your system right now is I'm just going to wait for you to snap out of it, do what you want to do, come back, get paid right after you then demolish our relationship and our, and our comfort levels and our training session. So what you have to understand is you have to have that balance of everything that what you're doing right now outside of the real world is probably great. Yeah. Positive reinforcement, treats, fun, good job, good girl, good, all that stuff is great. And that's what you should be doing. That's what I encourage people to do. That's what I do every day with all my clients. But as soon as we're a complete jerk for no reason and we start losing our ever-loving minds, that's where you need to switch gears and go, okay, this isn't okay. This is not yeah. appropriate. I need to take charge. There's two, diff- there's two different positions in the world of dog. You're either a leader or you're a follower. So if your dog is losing their mind, snarling at the end of the leash, barking, jumping, doing whatever they want to do, and you're not doing anything effectively enough to get your dog out of that situation or modify how their perception is about other dogs, cars, bikes, whatever, then you're going to stay in that, that rut for a very long time unless you switch gears. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I agree. I this after being able to help her and get her to be able to be better and actually me be better in the sense, um, is it impossible to be able to still ride my bike and teach her how to be with me on my bike? Or is it one of those things that it really depends on the situation? Cause I know that there's so many things that we did prior yeah. has been re- extracted because of these behaviors and because of me not being able to take care of it the way I need to. Right. Well, you have to, the answer is, is yes, you can get over all of those things. I have confidence okay. that you can do that mainly because I've done it so many times with people with a lot more severe situations. Yeah. And again, like you're going into, if you will, you're going into a a gunfight with a butter knife. Like you don't, you don't have any leverage in this. You have a very high drivey young dog with little to no structure with no repercussions for actions. And I can tell you right now that once you start saying, hey, quit the crap, dude. Like, what are you doing? This is crazy. She's going to take a step back and go, oh, welcome to, you know, welcome to, welcome to, you know, my world. They're, you know, yeah. you're going to start taking control. So I absolutely think that not only can you change your perception of bikes, but I think your relationship overall will get better because dogs do not like, they do not like being in charge. They would rather take a back seat because it's a big task. Because if they're in charge, they're in charge of the car. They're in charge of the house. They're in charge of you. They're in charge of your friend, your sister, your brother, your mom, whatever. I mean, they're in charge of everybody. But once they take a seat back and they're like, I'm just a dog. You guys tell me what to do. 
it, it's just such a sigh of relief to take the, that stress and that that big heavy thing off their chest, off their shoulders, off their plate, out of their life. To say she and it could be just a prey drive. She goes, "Oh my God, there's something moving. There's something moving. There's something moving. There's something moving. There's two wheels. It's moving. It's moving." Because I can, yeah. I, I can, I could probably guess that if she's reactive to a bike, she'll be reactive to a wheelchair. If she's reactive to a wheelchair, she'll be react. You know, so it just it's something yeah. moving. And once you work on your leave it, and again, it kind of goes back down to the split of are we suppressing behaviors or modifying behaviors? But the, the dog training community, mainly because of positive only trainers, have beat into a lot of people that oh, suppression, suppression, su- suppression is is way better than just having your 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 dog training client just deal with it. Like yeah. my dog's listening, but they don't want to listen. I'm cool with that because that's that's a lot of what training is. We're working with animals here. So if you go out and she's like, I, I feel the urge <laughs> to chase this moving thing, but I'm not going to because I don't want to get in trouble and I'm in a heel or I, I was told to leave it. That's so beautiful because you're able to actually go out and do things. I always tell people, I'd much rather have a man-eating, murderous dog that's really well-trained than an out-of-control puppy who won't listen to me any day of the week because there's so there's so much more that you, than you could do. And our relationship is based off of communication, clarity, structure, respect, boundaries, all of that stuff. So I, I absolutely think that if you did things right and you just were assertive, and that's why, like, people see my videos, they're like, wow, how'd you do that so quick? Like, if you came in with your dog and she's never been corrected and she's never been told no and she's never had, like, somebody really in control of the situation take the leash with a little Herm Springer micro prong collar 2.25 high and tight and I went out and she decided to bark at a, at a at a bike and I said, hey, leave it. And I corrected her. And she goes, holy crap, I don't like that. And I said, great, I don't like you reacting. It's causing stress in your mom's life. Let's move forward. And she just goes, thank God. And, yeah. then, and then we're off to the races. And I'm not telling you that out of that, you know, that could happen. I'm saying I've done that so many times. And that's why it, people are like, wow, it's not about me being good. It's not about me having, you know, magic powers, Harry Potter. It's about your dog actually getting structure. Your, you know, your working dog, like your dog that has working lines in them that wants to work, and they're finally getting structure and getting controlled. They're gonna be so happy. They're gonna. Yeah. I just did this with a shepherd. Uh, I posted yesterday. Least aggressive German. What's that? Oh, I said I just watched that this morning. Yep. Actually, so that like, oh. exactly that dog came in from Michigan and head halter the whole nine head halter. The dog was reactive. They worked seven months with a positive only trainer, mm-hmm. and the positive only trainer told them that if they went and worked with anybody that used e collars or prong collars, that their dog would change for the worse for the rest of their life. And they walked out of my five-session out-of-state program with an e-collar and a prong collar happier than they've ever been in their entire life. It was the first time that they could ever be in the same room as another dog. And we documented this dog working on a flat collar with six other dogs in the room on the video. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what the owner said. 
And it's the same thing is they were never. And if you look at the video, the dog is constantly just trying to scratch the head halty off constantly. Get this thing off. Get this thing off. So they were dancing around the bush the whole time. Basically because their leader, which is their trainer, or the person the person that they were taking direction from was too set in, in, in their opinions and their agenda of how they think dogs should learn instead of actually helping this dog or maybe directing them to another trainer that, you know, maybe works with a little bit more reactivity. They were just saying, we're not, this is how you have to deal with this for the rest of your dog's life. And if you do choose a different route in dog training, then your dog will change for the worse forever. And I don't want it to get twisted or pursued that I, I'm almost an all positive trainer. I mean, seriously, if you watch the training videos I do, I maybe correct a dog four or five times out of the 50 to 70 times I reward the dog in some way, shape or form. I have absolutely no problem with a positive only trainer because there's a place for that, for the dogs that are developing certain things for certain things. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I have a big problem with positive only trainers telling dogs and dog owners that there's no other way to train a dog. And if they do, it's going to ruin their dog because that ends up killing more dogs than anything else in the world. Yeah. So, so anyway, so it's the same situation as that dog. And I, and I can tell you that you're going to see huge progress once you start taking the wheel of that car. And I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. And I feel so bad for her. So I'm, again, so grateful that you're able to help me out. Yes. What I can do is I can send you uh, the link of the collar that I think you should get. And you could get it. Um, you might be able to get it on our site. We're pretty sold out of them. Uh, but I'll send you the link and everything I think you should get. Uh, and then you could go on Chewy or Learberg or... Paul Mark or whatever, I'll send you the link of what I think you should get and go out and work on your healing. Introduce her what heal is. Introduce to her what, what leave it is. Work on these things before you go out and actually put them into play and then let me know how it goes. Definitely. Yes, please. If you can send me all those, because I've been looking on your Amazon. I've looked on your line. Yes, they are sold out online, but mm -hmm. I've been looking at other places than just Amazon that the similar but i'm afraid like i saw your video the ones that are not the actual ones that you use and i'm trying to make sure but that'd be great if you can send me those links yeah absolutely i'll send it to your email um within the next hour or two and then uh if you have any questions just let me know okay i will um sorry what were you, I, sure. I, I, I remember you're gonna say a little bit more unless that was it. about what thought you were sorry i lost my train of thought but um okay. with the last 10 minutes that we have or a few minutes that we have mm -hmm. um there the only other thing that i've noticed with her as well is at the dog park when we're already in the dog park there's no dog park uh, dogs around and then people come in she immediately runs and charges at the gate yeah. and stands there and barks at them and then when they come in she's a little low stance offish but kind of pushy and yep. kind of rock play and then she goes back to playing ball because she's obsessed with it but then if there's dogs already in there and then we go in she kind of does it a little bit but then she stops she's a lot it's a lot easier for her to have dogs in there already than her to start being in there first so I don't know what to do in that. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of different things is it, 
first thing is, is she, she's in charge of everything because that's her yep. relationship with you. I mean, if she lives with the person that's supposed to be in charge that gave her life or gives mm-hmm. her life or feeds her every day and she doesn't get direction, she's in charge. So everywhere she goes, she's also in charge, just like a kid, right? Yeah. You, you get a really pushy, um, bratty kid and they walk all over their parents and they tell them when dinner is and they tell them when they're going to do their homework or when they want to go to school or what candy they want at what time of night. They're going to be like that everywhere. It's not just going to be around their house. So your dog is a product of that. So if you go to public places, your dog is going to take control of the situation until she, A, gets in a really bad fight, or the other dog just says, okay, you're in charge. So I would okay. really be limiting her opportunity for failure by putting her, because she thinks she's queen B because you allow her to be. So if you gotcha. go out and you get a dog that's bigger, badder, and more dominant... <coughs> And she picks a fight with the wrong dog and gets her butt whooped and ends up in the vet hospital. That's because you just don't have, you you haven't taught her. Whenever you see a kid running around Walmart with with their head cut off, knocking everything off the shelves, you're looking for their parents. You're not trying to stop the kid. You're like, what's going on with this? What what the hell is, who's okaying this? Who's in charge, right? So that's that's the same exact thing, literally the same thing. And I see that all the time. If I see a dog... And it's not about being playful and be, I want dogs to be playful and happy and running and, and, and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like your dog's not doing that. Your dog is, there's a dog here, runs to the gate. They come in. Who are you? Give me your ID. If you don't, don't move. I'm going to pin you to the ground or I'm growling at you. Those are bad yeah. things. And you're allowing that to happen because your dog's never been checked ever. Yeah. So I would that recommend is- staying away from places where your dog could potentially get killed or in a bad dog fight, or actually do the other, you know, could do that to another dog because you don't have control over her. So that's normal dog behavior from a dog who's never been put in place in their entire life. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. And um, the only one place that I know that she doesn't actually react at all like this is at my friend's house, but it's because when she's there, she has that structure. And I didn't really quite see that difference. And I thought I was doing the similar structure at my own house. But now that you're talking to me through it, it, I acknowledge that the only time that she does get structure is there. And even I can be there and she still gets that structure, stays in the fence, stays in the backyard, stays inside a certain area. Um, And so it's completely a huge difference than it is with just me. And that's, really crazy to think crazy to think about well, it's, yeah it's clear though it's like hey my dog behaves here but not here why yeah like imagine if you gave your dog structure like that at your friend's house all the time how calm laid back relaxed not stressed your dog would be that'd be amazing that'd make me feel a lot better and her a lot better and everyone around you and your dog wouldn't yeah. be a burden you always That's have true. that dog that like, oh, here comes so-and-so with so-and-so. Great. Yeah. Pick up your glasses, you know, turn your back, grab the kids. Like, you're making her look bad because you don't have control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got to advocate. Yeah. That's that's why I came up with the brand, No Bad Dogs. You have to advocate for your dog. If you care about your dog, train your dog. Yeah, I agree. Um. Um, and I think with all that, um, sorry, um, I think, sorry, I, there's something loud that went out. So I believe that would be all for her. And 
at one point I just I think I babied her as well just because she is my service companion and she went through a lot with me and we went through a lot together in her first year but after going full-time work and then not working I think a lot of that has been damaged and so I really appreciate everything you've said so I can rebuild that and buy anything that I need to help her out and move forward with her progress yeah Um, and does it with starting with the videos will the video about the fixating the prong collar and everything so you would suggest that would be my main start is the prong collar yeah yeah I think you have to get control I think that you got to start it's kind of like, you know, the way that I put it is, is, you know, like Amazon is so accessible, right? Like if we're having problems with, man, if there was just a outdoor vacuum or if there was just a, like if you're doing something and you're like, this doesn't seem right. Like there's not a, there's gotta be a tool. There's gotta be something out there that can help streamline this. That that's easier. That's better. Right. It's like, there's gotta be some, right. That's like kind of world that we live in where we're like, doing something we're like there's got to be a different way there's got to be a better way this is crazy and we go on amazon we're like oh there it is perfect bang prime it it's the same thing it's a tool and and that's what the prong collar is it's a communication tool like if you watch dogs communicate with each other it's all teeth and rolling around and snarling and running and flipping over each other they communicate with their mouth and they yeah. so what are you going to do you're going to get down on your mouth and bite your dog's ear and, and bite their neck no that's crazy. No. You're just going to use a tool to streamline that because that's more efficient, more effective. So you're just giving them pressure effectively, humanely to say, hey, that's that's inappropriate. We're not going to do that anymore because there's that pressure to be discomforting. So you're going to start there, but you're also going to work on your – if you're, if your overall obedience isn't good, then you're, you're not going to get much places anyway. So you have to work on your heel. You have to work on your leash pressure. You have to work on your – all of that stuff in order to be successful. So it's not just slapping a prong collar on and fixing things. It's about slapping the prong collar on and teaching your dog things and being able to enforce things. Turtle dove, sit. She goes, screw you. I'm not sitting. There's a dog over there. Pressure up. Thank you very much. Okay. Just like in that video you just watched. Okay. So, so you have to make sure that, yes, the counter conditioning is there. If she's barking, she's got to know leave it. But it's got to be enforced. It's like, hey, Timmy, go to your room. Make me. I'm too busy. Well, okay. Hey, Timmy, do your homework. Make me. Go to school. Make me. Nothing's yeah. enforced. Nothing's enforced. You're literally telling her to do a bunch of things. She's like, yeah, okay, not going to happen. Not listening to you. Absolutely not. Nope. Because you've never enforced anything. She's never actually had consequences for not compliance. Yeah. So you have to work on your heel, your leave it, all of that stuff to build a better relationship with your dog. She's out of control because you let her get out of control. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, thank you. Uh, and 